Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. We've been sharing uh, the last couple of times just about us, you know, being pilgrims and foreigners, according to scripture, and kind of passing through this earth, but that we are citizens of heaven, and we, um, when we are born again, we kind of, you know, we become citizens of a different kingdom, different ways of doing things, different values, different everything, and uh, we've been looking at a couple of concepts around that. Um, Last time we spoke about us being not of the world, but sent into the world. Amen? Remember that? And today I want to look more towards what does it look like when we, we're not, yes, we're not of the world and we're passing through and we have a heavenly destination, uh, eternal destiny. Uh, what does it look like when, when we establish a vision for our lives as individuals, for our lives as couples, as families. How does that work? You know, we often, we, we do take time out to, to talk about our vision as a church family, our, you know, our vision statement. We talk, talk about what our values are when it's really crucial. And it's, I think it's so important to do that. But tonight, I'm not focusing on that specifically. I want us to think more in line of, if we were to go through that same exercise as families and as individuals and as couples, how, what would that look like? And what, what do we have to keep in mind? And how, how, does, how can that really help us? I came across this quote, which I believe is based on Proverbs 29. Um, and uh, the quote says, go to the first one there, it says, a man without, a vis- man without vision is a man without a future, and a man without a future will always return to his past. Um, I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. And then another quote I found from Helen Keller. If you know her, she was born healthy, and then at a very young age, through various illnesses, she became deaf and blind. And this is what somebody asked her this question on the next one. Asked Helen, uh, what, would, what would be worse than being born blind? And she replied, the only thing worse than being blind is to have sight without vision. And so what, is, what are they talking about? What does it mean to have no vision? Um, and I think the thing with that is if we don't have a clear vision or a clear uh, why for our lives, a clear sense of this is where I'm going, what we tend to do is we tend to kind of follow the crowd, um, follow the path of least resistance, um, and we tend to kind of just go with, with, with what's going around us. And uh, have you noticed how many times we're called sheep in the Bible? Notice that. To be honest, I don't think that's a compliment always, but uh, I don't know if I should be offended with God calling us sheep, but... Uh, any case, if you worked with sheep, I don't know, you know. We had some sheep when I was when I was uh, young, 
and yeah, I don't know. From there, from my experience, that wasn't a compliment. But in any case, uh, sheep tend to do that. You know, if one kind of heads in the wrong direction, often everybody else just kind of follows. And um, so, yeah, let's have a, a little bit of a look at what does the scriptures say about this. Um, let's look at Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Just these two translations. Firstly. ESV, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. There's no, say, talking about a prophetic vision. And then the New Living says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. So there's, there's also a divine guidance dynamic part of this vision, part of this clarity, this um, direction. That is so crucial for us. Now, if you think about it, um, if you think about navigating somewhere or getting directions or going somewhere, most of us do the Google Maps thing these days or Waze or any stuff like that. It's amazing, eh? Uh, I've noticed that my, my, I have a re reasonable sense of direction, but I, it's like you get lazy because you just use this device and then kind of don't pay attention where you're going anymore. I don't know if you had that, but uh, back in the day, you know, <laughs> to really figure out where I am. Before the days of Google Maps, we actually had a map book in our car. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, yeah, and then you had to kind of pull over and just kind of check what's going on. And obviously, you used to get those garments. You still get them, uh, that not on your device. But uh, and I remember one time, when Anna and I were living in Joburg, we were just planting the church there. And I was on my day off, and Anna had to go work, and she by accident locked me in, in our flat. All right, which was like not a big crisis because I was chilling, anyways. But then she phoned me <laughs> out of Alexand Alexandra because she was got horribly lost. Okay, now I'm locked in. I can't go and help her. You know, so she's in a state on the phone. <laughs> this is one of those not so good situations. But I remember you know, getting the map book out and asking, okay, where are you? Give, give me something. And then I, <laughs> I could kind of give her directions over the phone. Then we, we invested in one of those common thingies and praise the Lord. It was a good investment into our marriage. Oh, man. Anyway, so let's <laughs> not get distracted. So, yeah, if, you, if you're navigating somewhere, it's, it's crucial to have that clear, either clear coordinates or a landmark or something. And if you've ever navigated through the bush or through unknown territory or somewhere where there aren't roads and road signs, it becomes even more important to have, a, have coordinates or to have a landmark, to have something to aim for. Uh, some guys, you know, know how to navigate using the stars and stuff like that. Um, and if you don't, if you don't have clear landmarks, then you tend to just walk in circles. And it's really a thing, you know. It's got to do with if you're avoiding a, an obstacle, apparently we tend to have a a preference subconsciously that we either, either you know, normally go one, one post in one direction. So you end up going in circles. Um, 
which is not good. I mean, you end up where you started. The other day, actually, this is quite embarrassing, but um, we got David, our son, we got him a little, a, a little very basic drone, okay, at cash converters. Don't tell him about cash converters. It's really amazing for parents. But anyway, so it's, it looks brand new. But um, we got him this thing, and then I wanted to try it out. We were at the Ripplot Dam, and there was a storm. It was after the storm. It was such amazing scenery. I thought, I just want to quickly go up and just get a bit of an image, you know, just a photo or something. But I knew the wind was an issue, so I just waited and waited until the wind was dying down. And I thought it was done, but it apparently wasn't done because as soon as I got up, the wind took it. Cheers. Over the bush, over the road, into another property. I don't know. I was like, my, this is not good. It's not even mine, you know. It's David. <laughs> so, so I don't know, I saw something was up and she gave me this look and I knew I cannot return without this drone, you know. I have to, <laughs> I have to go and find it. <laughs> so I ran, you know, drove out and parked somewhere near the road and I climbed over a fence. And uh, luckily there weren't any, like, lines and stuff because it was uh, near, like, this... Um... Anyway, in any case, so um, I had to climb the fence and I, it was really dense bush, okay? And I didn't have a clue where to go. And somewhere beyond the dense bush was the dam. So I was just hoping that it wasn't in the dam, right? So then uh, the funny thing was my phone was connected to the thing with Wi-Fi. So I could see what the camera saw. It was hanging skew in the tree like this. And I was trying to look for a landmark <laughs> on the screen. And then I thought, okay, if it's connected with Wi-Fi, I can use the Wi-Fi analyzer on my phone to get a rough distance, right? So I was... Anyway, I managed to find it after like a long time. And it was getting dark and praise the Lord, the battery just lasted. And at one stage I could see the light and praise the year. I found it. It's a miracle. Amen. But <laughs> it was so it's crazy because I did, only had pluckies on and it was very thorny and lots of bush. And, and sometimes we feel like that because if we have lost sight of where we're heading, if we don't have a clear direction and a clear landmark, then we, we can... We just stumble around in the bush. It felt like that at one stage, praying a lot, <laughs> hoping for the best, but we don't really, we're not really confident in where we're going. And I believe that's what God does not want us to live like. Amen? I really believe that he, he wants to give us clarity of vision, that we can live from a place of conviction and a place of um, clear direction and clear... Um, Vision. I mean, so in terms of us um, as, as individuals, as families, like I said, that is so, so closely linked to the why, why I am on this planet question, right? And the more we engage with the Lord about that, you know, why am I here? Why, does, why did God create me? Who am I in Christ? That links in very closely with that thing of, okay, where am I going? And what is it that God has called me to do? Amen. And I found that it is such an amazing opportunity that we have, but also crucial for us to, from time to time, stand still and say, Lord, I want to really wrestle this thing through with you. And in fact, when I was a student, I was still young, <laughs> but anyway, in the 90s, um, 
I I had this long plan. I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I had this very long plan of I was in the Air Force and I was going to do this and this and this and this was my plan and it seemed to be going well. But every time I came from church, I had this thing in my heart that I wasn't sure that this is what God is calling me to do. And that was really killing me. This, uh, this is great and I like what I'm doing, but is it really God's will? And uh, yo, I was wrestling with the Lord a lot. And maybe it's because of all those wrestles, <laughs> wrestling with the Lord, that, that I have such a passion that for us to, re- to come to a place where we have a conviction that, yes, you know what, I, have a, I know where I'm going, I know what He's called me to do. And similarly, for, for us as couples or us as families, it gets more interesting, you know, when, we, when you have children. Where is God calling us as a family? What has he got prepared for us? And the clearer that becomes, I believe it, it makes navigating life so much easier. It makes navigating difficult seasons easier. I was telling the guys this morning, you know, when we came back from England, it was a big decision. We'd stay there for, a, what, six years or so already. Kids were all born there. And we were prepared to stay there another 30 years. Um, and then this thing came and we felt God is calling us to come back. And we had to wrestle through that decision. And Anna was wrestling with different things and I was wrestling with stuff. And, and, and we were asking the children, what do they feel? They were very small. I mean, Abby, the eldest, was four. But um, through all of that, it was so cool because, I mean, the Lord spoke to us in different ways. And then the Lord gave Abigail a dream and and later on, when we were here already, it was it's so cool. And even now, when we chat about these things, we talk about uh, where do we, why are we staying where we're staying, why are we in Pretoria? You know, it, it comes up when I think it's David. I can't remember which one. This is terrible. But one of the kids wants they want to stay where it snows. Yeah, they said they want to live where it snows. So I'm like, okay, this is sorry, this is not going to happen in Pretoria. <laughs> but. Um, then we get to talk about, you know, who do, how do we decide where we live? And then it's so cool when we sit down and say, guys, we don't decide those kind of things. God sends us somewhere. And it's amazing to see when they get to grips with the fact that, okay, we listen to mommy and daddy, but we're also following Jesus because mommy and daddy are following Jesus. And that we don't just pull something out of thin air, that we have the privilege of following Christ and that he has got a a plan and a vision for our lives and for us as a family. And it's our privilege to um, embrace that. So yeah, when we, and, and what's cool is when we do face difficult things, we can sit with the guys, the guys with the family, with the kids say, guys, this is a difficult situation, but we know God has sent us here right now. This is where he has put us. So there will be provision for this difficult situation because we are confident that he has sent us here. Amen. Um, and then, but if you look at it in a bit of a more, a bigger picture, if, you know, one of the, there's a couple of things as, as believers that always, is always going to be part of this vision, whatever the details may be for you as a family or you as an individual, there's a couple of things that are the same. And one of those things is that they were going towards a heavenly destination. I mean, that we have a heavenly, uh, eternal destiny where God is taking us. 
a couple of more is God who calls us to be salt and light. Uh, he calls us to make disciples. So all of those kind of things somehow are going to be a, be a part of that bigger picture if we kind of trying to put words to a vision that God uh, lays on our hearts. Are you with me? So, um, actually, I want to read this other scripture as well before we go on. So as we kind of, as you, if, when we are wrestling with God about this kind of thing, there's a few things for us to keep in mind. I want to read from Romans 12. This scripture has been, has been coming up a lot in the sermons lately. So if you haven't taken note yet, God is saying something to you. Amen. Romans 12 verse 2, and he's, Paul writing, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when it comes to us writing down a vision for our family and, and kind of wrestling with God about where is he taking us, surely this has to be in the back of our minds. Because I am pursuing a, an eternal destiny, because I am pursuing something that is out of this world, I cannot shape, be shaped. I cannot let my vision and my ambitions and everything else be shaped the way the world is shaped. Amen. Cannot, it, can't, it can't work together. And he says this in the, in the word here, conformed, it means being shaped and molded and we, it cannot be in the same direction as the world because we're heading to a different place, going in a different direction. If I, if I get on a bus and I'm thinking I'm going to Joburg, but the guys on the bus say, no, we're heading to Bloom, I've got to get off the bus. <laughs> so, I don't want to go to Bloom, okay? Nothing wrong with Bloom. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, I suppose if you're going south, then you know, I can just sit for just shorter. I mean, but um, um, so we it has to we you know I think that's the thing we need to guard against with this kind of thing. Is my ambition or my plan like mine was? It might be a good plan, might be a reasonable plan, might even be you know a well thought out idea. But is it godly? Is it from God? And, and has it got an eternal focus? Okay. Then uh, I found this picture. Go to the next one. That somebody made about us running the race of life. Anyway. Yeah, stay in your lane. I mean, uh, so Philippians 3. Uh, 13, Paul writes, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Some translations talk about the heavenly call or the um, heavenly prize. And that is it. We're not pursuing an earthly prize. We're not pursuing a good re retirement or a comfortable life or retire at 42 type of thing. We are pursuing a, a heavenly prize. We are pursuing something that is different. That's, it's not of this world. Um, and just to refer back to that first quote, it says, a man without vision 
doesn't got a future and, and tends to return to his past. Okay. Um, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, but as what we're talking about that now. And that's something that happens a lot. If, if we lack that clarity, if we do not have a conviction of this is who I am, this is who God has created me to be, and that is where he's taking me. Even if it's not to the last detail, even if I just know, I know that it's somewhere there, but I know I have a conviction in my heart. Even, you know, the, if we don't have that, what tends to happen is the enemy tends to want to pull us back to where we come from. Wants to bring that shame and that guilt back into our lives. Bring that condemnation. This is, and, and, and point us back to our past. Amen? Doesn't he tend to do that? But Paul writes here, let that stuff go. Forgetting that stuff. Forgetting what lies behind. Pressing forward. But he's not only talking about the bad stuff. He's all talking about his successes and his victories that he, you know, that he achieved in himself. He says, even that stuff, I, le- I leave behind. That doesn't shape where I'm going. Amen? My failures don't either. But he says, I push forward to what God has created what he has prepared for me. And um, so be, be aware and be um, conscious of that thing that the enemy tends to push us back and wants us to focus on the past, wants us to return back there. And the more we have a clarity of where God is pointing us to, the easier it is for us to say, you know what? That may have been in my past, but God is taking me somewhere else now. It makes it so much easier for us to press through those temptations, press through those things that are uh, what the enemy throws at us. You know, it might be um, a cycle of destruction that may, may have been part of your life in the past. It's so much easier to resist a temptation or not go back into that cycle when you can actually say, you know what, I used to have that issue. Um, but now I have a conviction of where God is calling me to. And this is not where, where I want to go. Does that make sense? Um, and even, you know, about in terms of relationships, uh, as Monique was saying, um, in any context, if you are, you know, if back in the day, you know, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was going out with somebody in high school which I think is ridiculous. I was telling my kids now, they don't need to, to have any boy <laughs> as a dad. And I was like, what? In any case, uh, in matric. But thinking back now, that was part of the issue that I did not yet have the clarity of vision. And, but now, it, once you have a clarity of vision, it's easy to say, okay, when I look at the, where God is calling me to and I look at this person or this potential relationship, oh, no, this is not these two don't go together. It's easy. It's easier. I mean, um, and even, you know, there's different things, maybe a, a, a temptation or maybe a, even an opportunity. So it's not, doesn't mean it has to be an ungodly thing. Sometimes it's a very godly opportunity or maybe a very blessed thing that comes across your path. But when we have a strong conviction of what God is calling us to do, it's easy for us to discern the stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Okay, the John um, Andrews that he came to speak, uh, he did a course with us, short course a couple of years ago. 
some really amazing content. It's, we have it all on, on audio if you need it. Um, and one of the things he was talking about is that strong yes, that strong conviction of this is the direction God is calling me into. This is what he has called me to do right now in this season. That's maybe more like short-term thing. But having that strong yes makes it easy for us to say no to stuff. It might be blessed, it might be good, but it's not right for me right now. Does it make sense? So again, if you have clarity of vision, if you have clarity of a conviction of this is what God is calling me to do, it's easier for me not to get into dead works and run off the stuff. And that was an issue in my life. Um, to be honest, I, I tend to be a people pleaser type of person. Okay? Con it's, a, it's a confession. So I have, to, I have to really guard against that. So I have to be constantly making sure that I, don't, I first please God, that I'm aiming to please God more than I aim to please anybody else. Amen. So, but that is the issue. So in, if I have a strong yes, I know I have a conviction that this is what God is requiring of me in this specific season or in a specific situation. It's, it's so much easier for me to say no in a very friendly, uh, honoring way, uh, without feeling guilty. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, so a strong yes, a strong conviction helps us to keep our minds focused on what is ahead. Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. Okay, and to, the, the, I'll just I'm quickly we'll talk about values. Values is a little bit different. Um, actually, before we do that, let's read Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4 is 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. When we are wrestling with the Lord about vision, about direction, about clarity, when we are wrestling through decisions, the Word of God has to be front and center. I mean, his word, the scripture, but also his rhema word, the word of God to us through the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you, as you're wrestling through these things, wrestle in the scriptures, amen? Immerse yourself in the scripture. Allow the scripture to, to speak to you. Allow the Lord to speak into your situation through the word. And um, it's so powerful, yeah, because it, it says it's not only a blessing in a spiritual sense, but it's also physically health to your flesh. That's a really powerful thing. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about where, where am I going? What is God laying ahead of me? The scripture and the word of God must be front and center, must be at the core of that, okay? In terms of values, so in term, I had a look at a bunch of examples of, of families putting a vision up there, and I'll actually read a few just to get practical. This is a great exercise to do, even, you know, with your kids. Let me just quickly check. Maybe not yet applicable, but it's <laughs> soon, I mean, or with your spouse. Or if, you, if you're not yet married, that's still a great exercise to go through. I mean, it's going to help you make those difficult decisions. All right, there's a couple of examples here. Um, it's not on the screen. Um, there's one family that's gone really detailed. They've got spiritual and religious values, social values, civic values. Okay, we're not on that level. I haven't gone through that kind of detail. 
Love, love for God, love for people, uh, Sabbath observance, belief in the Bible, a bunch of values like that, uh, social values, accept, acceptance, respect, politeness, etc. Um, I'll give you another example. Yeah, there's a one year that they've kept quite nice and simple. Um, committed. This is these are values. Committed, authentic, grateful. No, wait, wait. I wanted to do the vision first. <laughs> No, we're on the valley. Sorry. Vision. Oh, yeah, here's a vision one. To be, um, to be a unified family, cultivating genuine relationships and living in an, act, an active, death-free lifestyle. Seek God with, with uh, God's will for our marriage and family while balancing fellowship, health, education, and finances. One example. Um, Here's another one. Um, our mission as a family is to be a family that loves each other, loves our neighbor as we reach out to the, our world. We commit to be, to be for each other and work together as a team to be there for each other. We resolve to be caring, helpful, encouraging, etc. Um, so, although they are linked, the vision is a bit different to the valley. So, the vision is the where we're heading, right? Uh, where the values is more about how are we going to behave on the bus while we're on our way there? Okay, so um, if and also how are we? What do we need to build into the way we live so that we can actually get there? So we can ensure that we actually reach the destination that God has set before us. And um, again, this is a great exercise with kids that are a little bit older, so they. You can sit together and say, okay, we have maybe a conflict situation between the children. Say, listen, this, you know, this doesn't fit in with who we are. This doesn't, it's not part of what we do here in this house. And we can, yeah, you can have that whole conversation. Any case, um, so the ones that I was reading before, that's of all the value ones. It's got more to do with who you are and how you behave to which, how do we behave towards each other? Um, and uh, if you think about it, if, if all your circumstances had to change, right? Your job, where you stay, maybe different country, everything else, everything had to change, what would remain the same? What are those things that never change about who you are? And that shouldn't change, that you don't want to change, right? So those are the, those are the values that we hold here. And as a family, it's so important for us to get to grips with what that is as well. So if I maybe a couple of years time, God calls me to do something else and maybe I'm not a post anymore and maybe we move to a different country or whatever, what are those irreducible minimum, what's the irreducible minimum of who we are as a family? What defines us? How, you know, how, what does it look like? How can we put words to that? It's such a great exercise to sit down and say, we are committed to each other. We are authentic. We are grateful. This is one example. We are nurturing. We are encouraging. We are trustworthy. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Right. What are those values? What are the things that we hold dear that is important to us? And also how we treat one another. I know my kids look like little angels to you. They are amazing. That they have their moments, and then we have to remind them. 
No, we do not punch each other in the face. No. I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen often, but <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it's so it's so much easier to have that talk when you have this foundation. You say, guys, remember what we said about who we are as a family. Remember what we talked, we discussed. Uh, this really interesting chat with Abby a while ago about you know kids at school and what they do and how kids manipulate each other. Interestingly enough, at the age she's now, uh, she enjoys playing with the boys a lot because they keep it simple. It's just soccer. Nobody gets offended. Nobody gets catty or nasty. It's just soccer, you know? So I can, I can get the feeling she somehow she, she doesn't have the energy for the, the politics amongst the girls. But it's uh, not always like that. I mean, it's just where she's at now. But uh, why am I telling you this? Okay, so they, there was this one situation where there was a lot of manipulation going on and emotional manipulation. And I, it was so cool that I could sit with her and I said, this is why people do this. And this is, remember, this is who we are. So this is why we don't do that. Because we are, because we, our identity is founded in Christ, we don't have to um, find it in the approval of others. Uh, and that's often where the manipulation comes from is that, the need for approval and it's so cool for her I could see you know, stuff clicking in place because she we have spoken about this before and she knows that she's loved she knows she has that foundation amen so it's so powerful as a family to, to wrestle through these things um, so that when the difficult situations come those are already in place are you with me alright we need to we need to finish um, the Philippians 3 we read also, you know, just thinking about how we shape this vision conversation, if we, you know, putting words to it, putting words to what are the values that shape us as a family, these kind of things have an impact on most aspects of our lives. If you think about it, if we as a family, for instance, if we have one of our values that we want to be salt and light and we want to take the Great Commission seriously, then yes, that's going to have an impact on our budget. Amen? That's going to have an impact on our planning when we plan the year. That's going to have an impact that, yes, that will be a regular, there will regularly be times where we do not go on holiday in a normal sense, but we will use our holidays to go on a mission trip. And so that's going to be part of what we do because this is, this is part of who we are. Um, so I want to really encourage you, don't just make it a, a theoretical discussion. Make it practical. Friends of ours, when I got married, such a great idea. I wish I had that when I got married. Anyway, so they a couple of years younger than us. And they, they had this conviction that we, right from the start when they got married, they have a separate bank account for, for outreach and missions. So they regularly save up and put money into this bank account because that is their conviction that, that they need to be ready whenever God calls them as a family to go on a mission that they will have something available. Obviously, they obviously still have to trust God, but, but can you see how they've budgeted into, the, what they've, into their planning and scheduling and budgeting? They've said, this is part of who we are, so we're going to make space for that in our budget, in our time, in our schedule, in our calendar. Amen. It's going to have to be practical. And often when we're wrestling, or not wrestling with the children, but we, 
The kids ask us, can we watch this movie? Or oh, I've heard about this thing. My friend watched it at school or my friend at school watched it. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> I've just heard about this thing. I don't know what it, it sounds terrible, but uh, it's when, when that question comes, can we watch this or is this okay? Then it's also easy because we say, no, that, that does not fit in with the values that we have as a family. So it's not a, a big, long discussion. It's just, it doesn't fit. And then we can, we can explain, but can you see how having that foundation in place makes it so much easier for us to make those decisions? And even if, like I said, if you're wrestling with temptation, if you're wrestling with that thing of the enemy wanting to take you back to your past, you can, you can clearly discern, you know what? I used to head in this direction, but now I'm going in a different direction. So no, I'm not going to go in that direction anymore because I know I have a clarity now. I know this is, this is where God is taking me. Amen. All right. Similarly, you know, if, you know, if somebody were to come to me and say, listen, this is great opportunity. David can get mountain biking coaching for free every week for two hours. I'm like, yes, that's amazing. When is it? Sunday morning. Then I say, ah, no, it's not going to happen. Amen. Not difficult. It's not a difficult, hard decision uh, because we, we have a confidence and we have a conviction that building the local body and being part of what God is doing through the local body is such an integral part of who God has called us to be as a family. So that's not even a discussion. There was actually a place. There was an opportunity that David did have coaching or some little mountain biking class thingy on a Sunday morning, but it finished before church. Amen? Not a problem. Then we can do that. Um, and he did enjoy it a lot. Now they moved it to Saturday, praise the year, so that's even much easier, okay? But uh, can you see how we... If we have a clarity of the vision that God is calling us to, if we have a conviction in our heart, you know what? This is where God, God has called me to be a part of a local expression of the body of Christ. He's called me to serve here. It makes your decision-making simpler. Yes, we've got this book club on a Wednesday, Wednesday evening. It's amazing and it's so blessed and it's just godly books. and That's cool, but I, 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 I'm part of a small group and this is part of what God is calling me to do right now. He's calling me to invest in people's lives through this group, and it happens to be on a Wednesday. Easy decision. Amen. So part of this thing is, is as we wrestle with what is this that God is setting before us, it really gives us a confidence, and it, gives us, it really gives us, um, it encourages, helps us to wrestle through this sometimes that could have been a difficult decision. Okay. All right. I want to end with this quote from Francis Chan. Uh, just, this is the context of this, is they were, um, ugh, long story short, they were planning their 20-year um, wedding anniversary. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, they were thinking, what is the best place that we've ever been to? And what's the best experience we had? And they were thinking of all these exotic locations, you know, and they were thinking of where in the world they could travel for this, you know, really big milestone. And 
And then they came to this conclusion that the very best times that they ever had together as a couple were when they were on mission together. This was their conclusion. So for their 20-year reunion, uh, not reunion, for their 20-year anniversary, they went on a mission trip, an extended mission trip to Africa. <laughs> but anyway, the point is they, they decided this is the best. This is the best time they've ever had is when the most fun they've had as a couple, the most significant time they've had together was when they are pursuing the kingdom of God together. And that is their focus. Anyway, long story short, they wrote a book about all of this, and this is one of the quotes that come out of there. People accuse me of going overboard and preparing for my first 10 million years in eternity. In my opinion, people go overboard in worrying about their last 10 years on earth. Okay. So these, you know, getting back to the thing of, are we also pursuing a, a nice retirement or a ACBDC or, you know, like everybody else does, or do we have an eternal focus? Is there something that's burning in our hearts? So you know what? There's a, a destiny. There's an eternal destiny that we are preparing for that is lying in front of us. There's a cause that is beyond this world. There's something bigger that I've been called to beyond what is temporal, what is um, on this earth. And I'm preparing myself and my family. I'm preparing for that. I'm not, my eyes are not here in the last 10 years of on, on, on this earth, okay? It is a bit crazy if you think about it, that how many times people are focusing on, yes, I just want to have a comfortable retirement. I just want to um, be, you know, looked after. No, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Please prepare for your retirement, okay? Please do that. But the... The Lord is calling us beyond that. Uh, I love that story, that account where King David, when he was still a boy, goes, you know when that Goliath thing happened, but be, before that, he took the, the provisions for his, you know, to his brothers. And when he arrived there, he saw this chaos happening and he saw this you know, Goliath, this giant, swearing at them and you know, cursing and blaspheming God. And then he's asking, but guys, and one of the scriptures says there, is there not a cause? He was like, God, can't you see the, what's happening here? <laughs> and he had this thing in his heart, this can't be right. This, there's, a, there's a cause here. There's a, there's a God that we serve. There's a, there's a bigger purpose and a bigger plan. And he, he as a little, as a young boy at that point, he had, was more in tune with that than even King Saul at that point. So my prayer this evening and my, what I'm trusting for is that God would stir in our hearts the thing that, what is that cause? What is that greater picture? What is that vision that God has that's laying on our hearts? What is he calling us to do? And are we willing to wrestle with him about that? Are we willing to put words to it? Are we willing to spend time as a family or as a couple to say, God, we want to you know, wrestle with you about this um, we want to see your kingdom come in our lives. Amen. Let's stand this evening. We're going to pray together. Oh, so if you, I want to really encourage you, do take time 
to wrestle with God about this, to search the scriptures, to pray, to fast. But please know that this is not like a once-off, five-minute thing. I mean, there's always a work in progress, always a place where maybe in a couple of years' time, God adds to what he's already shown you. So it's not going to be just a once-off and that's for keeps and it's, you know, it's cast in stone now and this is it. For <laughs> okay, so it's always going to be a pliable thing like as, as the Lord speaks to us. Um, obviously, some of the stuff won't change, but I just want to encourage you, don't, um, don't you know, make, it, make it a regular thing. Make it like a, every year or so, make time to say, Lord, I want to, I just want to refresh that vision. I want to just um, spend time with you around this. Okay. As I was praying through this, there's a couple of things that Lord laid on my heart. On my heart. Um, firstly, I feel there's, a, there's some of us here this evening that have lost a bit of that vision, that have maybe feel like, oh, I felt in the bush oh, running after the drone. There's um, lots of stuff going on and lots of, obstacles and stuff that I'm wrestling through, but it's as if that clarity of where I'm going is not where it should be. And I really believe that God wants to give you greater clarity. And I really believe um, He wants to minister to you in that area. Um, it might be in a specific area. It might be in your marriage. It might be in a relationship or in your studies or in your work situation, family situation. It might be a specific thing um, and I really believe God wants to minister to you, all right? And for some, I feel the Lord just wants to renew that conviction again. He wants to refresh that vision, that something that, is, that added urgency, that fan, that flame that is already there, okay? And another thing, I felt there's some here that experience that cycle of destruction where the enemy keeps on wanting you to go back to your past, um, wanting you to return to stuff that you were struggling with in the past. Um, and I really feel God wants to empower you to press through that, to give you that vision, give you that direction, but also to give you victory over those things. Amen. And that's really that's one of the things that we do deal with at Legacy. So I want to really encourage you to join us there. It's so powerful to just you know, receive the scripture, receive the word, receive God's um, healing in so many areas. I mean, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful for your word this evening. And we thank you for your presence here, God. Thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us as orphans, but you send your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you do not leave us in darkness and in, in misery. You do not leave us in confusion. You're not, then, yeah, as your word says, you, are, you do not leave us tossed to and fro by the, like, like just by the ocean tossed to and fro, but you want to give us direction. You reveal your plan and your purpose to us, Lord. As your word says that our eyes not seen nor us ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man that what God is in store, what God has prepared for him. And then the next scripture says, but God has revealed it to by his spirit. And we, we thank you that that is your heart, Lord, that you do reveal by your spirit 
where it is that you are taking us and what you have prepared for us. And I pray even tonight that you stir in our hearts, Lord, an urgency, Lord, to seek your face, an urgency, Lord, to live from a place of conviction, live from a place of courage, of, of conviction, knowing this is where God is taking me. This is what he has made me to be. Lord, that you would establish us firmly in who we are in Christ, Lord. That we are co-heirs with Christ. That you have called us by our name, by every single individual. By your, You've called us by name, that we are yours, Lord. Thank you, God. As every eye is closed, if you hear this evening, and maybe that's right at the core of your struggle tonight, is that you, you still have a, you don't have that assurance that you are a child of God. Maybe this evening you, you don't have that confidence that you indeed have a relationship with Him. Maybe you, you still wrestling through, you know, do I have eternal life or don't I? I believe that this evening the Lord is extending an invitation to you. He's saying, I've sent my son in your place and he has taken your sin upon himself. And this evening, I believe that he's calling out to each one of us saying, I have already prepared the way through the blood of Jesus so that you can be reconciled to the Father. So if that's you this evening and, and you have a desire to make right with God, you have an, a desire in your heart to, to repent of your sin and to turn from the old ways and to follow Jesus as King, as Lord and as Savior, then it will be my awesome privilege to pray with you this evening. So while every eye is closed, if that's you and you want to take that, um, receive that gift of salvation again, or maybe you have had as kind of, you have been close to God in the past, but right now you know you are far from Him. Right now you know that you are not right with Him. That will be my privilege just to pray with you. If that's you this evening, won't you raise your hand for a moment? Love to pray together with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for those hands. Awesome. I'm going to ask you guys to be bold and just to come stand here in the front as a couple of people. Just to, to as a demonstration or just to, so this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm saying yes again to what God is wanting to do in my life. Um, I'm saying yes to the heavenly vision. I'm saying yes to God's plan and his purpose. Why don't you be bold and come stand here in the front. We're going to pray together. Even if you've prayed in the past, that's not a problem. Even if you've done this in the past, that's all good. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's all good. Just spark you right now. Thanks so much. Awesome. As we're all going to pray together. We're just going to bring our hearts before God. And while you're standing, we also, we're just going to declare again, yes, God, we're, I'm, I'm not following my own plan. Man, I'm not following my own vision or my own ambition. Okay. Let's pray together. I'm going to pray. If you just want to pray off to me. Amen. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love for me. Thank you, Father, that you love me so much that you gave your Son in my place.
tonight, Lord, I confess that I am a sinner. And Lord, I cannot save myself. Lord, and I thank you that as I repent of my sin right now, that you wash me clean through the blood of Jesus. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has raised him from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for new life. I say yes, God, to your plan for my life, your vision and your purpose and your eternal destiny for my life. I thank you, God, that right now I can have that, have that confidence in my heart again, that I am your child, and that I hear your voice, and that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Have your will in my life. Let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, just one or two things I want to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that for every heart this evening that has responded to you, we give you all honor and glory and praise. And as we, each of us are standing now, we, would, we choose again to follow you, God. We choose again, Lord, to... Not to follow our own plan, but to follow your plan and your purpose, God. Stir in us, Lord, a desire and an urgency to seek your face around us, God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I just want to remind you, if you, if you fall in any of those groups in terms of just wrestling through these things, if you need to you know, have a refreshing of vision or if you're in that place of, of Keep on getting, going back to your past. I would love to pray with you. Or if you've, if you've lost a bit of direction in one specific area and you just need to trust God for that um, vision again, please come forward and we'd love to pray with you. Amen. Thanks so much. Can I also have some facilitators to help us pray? Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.